This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It's always a lot to get to today. Let's start with what happened yesterday. And, of course, Legacy Media, at least as far as I could tell, did not cover this. Yeah. I didn't see it on Good Morning America, no Today Show. Yeah, no. It wasn't. Believe Why? me, it was not. I was watching, too. Why no. in the world would you ever want to highlight, I don't know, people whose sons and daughters died as a result of the Afghanistan withdrawal? Serving the country. Biden. Yeah. Why would you want to talk about it? Yeah, people wouldn't be interested in that. It's so propaganda. Yeah. I mean, well, we say yeah. this all the time, but it really is. That's These aren't news organizations. No. They're not telling people what they need to know at all. No. So by you, design. So, yeah, yesterday you had the uh, family members of the fallen uh, service members who were killed when the airport in Kabul was bombed by a terrorist during the chaos a couple of years ago as we were withdrawing from Afghanistan. Um, and... They they laid waste to everyone in the Biden administration. It wasn't just Joe Biden. You're talking about the Secretary of State, Mr. Sternly Worded Letter, and the world is watching. Uh, the uh, Joint Chiefs Chairman, Mark Milley. Uh, yes. The Defense Secretary, Lloyd Austin. Everybody involved in this. None of them, by the way, have paid any sort of price for this. And, yeah, of course, at the time when this is happening... We're all saying it. they need to be fired. Yeah. You can't have a failure to this magnitude and not lose your gig. Yeah. So Darren Hoover is the uh, father of fallen Marine Staff Sergeant Darren Taylor Hoover, Jr. And this is how he wrapped up his statement. I'm calling out Secretary Blinken, Secretary Austin, General Milley, General McKenzie, Lieutenant Colonel Whited, who could not give the order to the snipers to take out the bomber before he detonated his vest and ultimately the president. Do what our son did. Be a grown ass man. Admit to your mistakes. Learn from them so that this doesn't happen ever, ever again. You all need to resign immediately. Our sons and daughters have more integrity in their little toes than every one of them combined. Well said. Man. You know, I heard one of the other moms talk about, too, how hurtful it is to hear some of these blowhards, Millie and the like, talk about what a great job they did. Yeah. And how much that hurts. It. 
You know, everybody felt it a couple of years ago, and like a lot of things, you know, it kind of fades away in time. But that brings it all right back. Yeah, it does. And again, for news organizations not to cover that is just disgusting. Well, I learned me. a lot about the Barbie Dream House this morning. On oh, the there show. you go. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Severe weather. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's every day. <laughs> of course. Of course. Every day. Yes. And the thing is, there is severe weather at some place, usually in the United States. It's going on somewhere. Uh huh. But it's got to be tied into climate change, of course. Okay, David, uh, former police officer sentence. What was this story about? Oh, this is a uh, former Minneapolis police officer, Tu Tao. He has been sentenced to nearly five years in prison because he was nearby when George Floyd got killed three years ago. Okay, what was he supposed to do? He was supposed to intervene? Supposed to somehow intervene. This is the officer who, who was keeping people away while they were trying to arrest George Floyd, and apparently he was supposed to intervene and prevent Derek Chauvin from putting his knee on George's back. But okay. I, I mean, to me, none of that really makes sense because it's not like Derek Chauvin was there, like, whipping the hell out of, out of George Floyd. It's not like he was beating him to death or anything. If you're there just trying to secure a scene while you're making an arrest with a... Uh, with somebody who is resisting, what are you supposed to do? Apparently, you're supposed to uh, go and tackle your fellow officer. Boy, it sure seems like this is a whole lot about optics, doesn't it? Absolutely <laughs> it is. This is about punishing uh, mm -hmm. the people who were even in the area when St. George Floyd died. Uh, at the sentencing hearing yesterday, he talked about rediscovering Christianity and said, look, my conscience is clear because I know I didn't commit any crime, and I know that God will be the one who ultimately judges me. And I feel confident that I'll be judged accordingly. Good for um, him. And because of that, the judge threw the book at him. Oh. Here's the judge. Okay. To be perfectly honest, after three years of reflection, I was hoping for a little more remorse, regret. What? Acknowledgement of some responsibility. Uh, unless preaching. Was he preaching to people? Well, he, he did have a, he was quoting scripture. Okay. Was he telling people, you're going to go to hell if you're not saved? No. No. Okay. I'm just checking because I didn't hear what, you know, came before this. I don't know, man. It seems like if the guy feels like, hey, I didn't do anything wrong, I'm trying to keep people away. Yeah. And I guess someone could say, well, you, you hear George Floyd saying, I can't breathe. Well, the guy was saying, I can't breathe while he was sitting in the car. Yeah. I don't know. As an experienced senior officer who was in the best position to save George Floyd. Accordingly, it's my belief that a sentence at the top of the range would be condign punishment. Oh, wow, man. Yeah, so 57 months in prison. Because you didn't weep enough about the death of George Floyd. <laughs> I, pathetic. It is pathetic. Wow. And, of course, do we still have to say no one wanted to see George Floyd die? Do we have to go through every bit mm. of this statement whenever we talk about this still, or can we just talk about it openly? No, I think you can talk about it openly. Jeez, I, mean, go, I mean, it should go without saying that. Right. Nobody okay, what was it? It was die. like eight minutes, 40 seconds, because they, you know, the, that was the big thing at the time, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So what was at six minutes? Is that when this guy was supposed to say, hey, Derek, maybe we should let loose a little bit. We still don't know. George Floyd still may have died with everything in his system. Right. And he was still kind of moving a little bit. And I, yeah, again, I, I tried to put myself in that guy's position. And I, 
I don't really know what I'm expected to do. We've all seen the video. We've all seen the body cam footage. I mean, it's a chaotic situation. You've got a crowd forming. You've got to go and watch the crowd, right? Not everybody can be sitting yeah. there babysitting. Again, it would be a different thing if Derek Chauvin's on top of George Floyd pistol whipping him right. or whatever. That's a totally different situation. But there it just looks like your fellow officer is restraining a guy who's not being all that cooperative. Yeah. And for finding Jesus and not being remorseful, we'll add it to your sentence, sir. Yeah, so you're going to be at the upper end of the <laughs> sentencing range. <laughs> Golly. All right, another story out there. What is the story with the shopkeepers? Oh, you might have seen this incredible video where a dude is stealing stuff from a 7-Eleven in Stockton, California, and two workers just beat the hell out of him with a cane. All right. <laughs> there you go. some of the audio of this. Yes. Oh, Now, see, I've said before, public caning. Yes. I'm yeah. for it, bringing it back. Well, I, I think this holds weight to my argument. Well, well, that guy had been there a different time within the previous 24 hours, stealing stuff. And this guy's behind the counter. He's picking cigarettes out, putting them in a, in a, in a trash can that he's going to take with him. So yeah, then finally the guys behind the counter said, "Enough is enough. I'm gonna just we're just I've got this pole. I'm gonna just start bitting him with it." Yeah, um, but of course, because California is absolutely insane, the cops are investigating the employees for suspected assault. <laughs> you know, DeSantis needs to step up. If elected, I am going to put in place an ass whooping law. <laughs> Public caning, man. That's, that's it. It's the had it coming act. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. The like had it, it coming. Uh, so the dude who filmed it, he's a guy named uh, Lewis Benton. He just did an interview with Fox News Digital about what's been going on, and he's like, oh, guys are okay. heroes to me. All right. That store has been probably robbed a dozen of times, um, dealing with a lot of issues and problems. That store has been uh, at night. It's, uh, it's, it, it, they gather there at night, and um, they walk in and take things. I, that's not the first time I've seen something in that store. I believe they were frustrated. Emotions was high. And um, but I believe they did the did the, was courageous and did the right thing instead of uh, taking a gun or taking something that could really harm him. Right. But also too, um, you know, it was coming to a point where I know it, it was enough was enough. Yeah, he didn't yeah. shoot him. Public caning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Need more of it in this country. <laughs> Seriously, you got teens taking over. Yeah. Robin and Luton. You know what stops that in a hurry? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah, it does. Good old-fashioned ass beating. Yes. <laughs> Comprehensive uh, cane laws have been passed now. <laughs> you got to call them common sense cane common laws. Common sense okay. cane laws. Yeah. It, it's common sense to cane them. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, and then, you know, this is something we should recognize. And, you know, different people were asking me, how's Scott doing? And I said, I honestly, I think he's doing pretty well. You know, all things considered, he's doing all right. He's going to get through this. Um, talking about the U.S. women's soccer team losing. Um, and there's an update on this, David. Yeah, there is. Uh, former U.S. men's soccer player Alexi Lalas gave a brutal and brutally honest assessment of why some people are actually happy that the women's soccer team got bounced out of the World Cup. Yeah. He says, don't kill the messenger. This team is polarizing. Politics, causes, stances, and behavior have made this yeah. team unlikable to a portion of America. This team has built its brand and has derived its power from being the best and winning. If that goes away, they risk becoming irrelevant. 
Of course, then a bunch of people on Twitter were, you know, snapping back at him. Like, you're, you're irrelevant. <laughs> and he's just joking. He's like, okay. Somebody said, I'm sorry. Who are you? And he goes, who, 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 who? <laughs> that's good. Oh, that's fantastic. It is true, man. Yeah. Well, sure. Yeah, more on that a little bit later, too. Um, did you see the study that came out? Kids almost never transmitted COVID in schools. What? Yes. That and much more coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I was looking through different clips. There was one from July 26, 2022. Fauci talking about, yeah, if the, the COVID specs strong, the kids should wear masks in school. Well, you're going to take it home and kill grandma. And then you see this. Alex Berenson had this out. It wasn't his research. It was research done in Massachusetts. Uh, and that research was done in the fall of 2021. Talking about four Massachusetts school districts with 18,000 kids. Researchers found that 44 potential cases of in-school transmission was it. 44 out of 18,000 kids. Holy mackerel. Man, oh, man. Children almost never passed COVID infections in school. Holy smokes. And he says in the piece, you know, throughout 2020 and 2021, as parents pressed with increasing urgency to reopen classrooms, teachers' unions and Democratic politicians warned in-school COVID transmission would lead to waves of death. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it was uh, described as a... Uh an exercise in human sacrifice when Georgia reopened its schools? Yes, I do remember that. And Alex Berenson remembers the CNN headline, which was teachers are so worried about returning to school that they're preparing wills. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, did, yeah, there was like a protest, right, in Florida mm-hmm. where a bunch mm-hmm. of the, uh, the activist class of teachers showed up with body bags and whatnot. <laughs> and prepaid funerals, all yeah. that nonsense. Yeah. Yes. And so the more we're finding out about this, <laughs> the more we're finding what we did to our kids is despicable. That number is amazing, though. Here's the other thing. It's what people knew and when they knew it. Because a lot of these people, the Fauci's of the world, knew this stuff early on yeah. from the different studies and didn't do anything. As a matter of fact, oh, another clip. So you go through and look at different things. Fauci was big on, we need to pass this big bill because the schools need resources to open again. You know I that. I think that the schools really do need more resources, and that's the reason why the National Relief Act that we're talking about getting passed, we need that. The schools need more resources. The things we didn't have before, there wasn't, that was, there wasn't anything that was put down solidly on paper on saying these are the kind of things that you should consider these are the kind of things that you should follow. But now we do infiltration. Mm-hmm. How much of that money that went to the schools was spent on that? Oh, not uh, a lot. There are a lot of local school boards around the country. You have to look at, again, local news outlets to find this information out. They're wondering, where the hell's my money? Yep. Yeah. What a scam. A lot of bad people. I hope that guy pays. That's an amazing so number, though. That's an amazing low number. Isn't it? It really is. I mean, when you said it, I'm stunned. 44 out of 18,000 kids. Actually had COVID. 
and or passed COVID. Yes, passed it. So, a hundred of them passed gas. <laughs> I would say more like seventeen thousand five hundred, oh, yeah. if I were to guess. Okay. If you've been around kids at all. Oh Scott. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I saw a new trend, Scott. Um, well, I'm talking to everybody, but I I did think of you. Um, cardio is not your favorite thing. No. If you're to be honest. No. But you know, you know, exercise is good. It is. Especially, yes. you know, with you back to back heart attacks I coming agree. up on eight years ago. hundred percent. I agree. Uh, there's a new trend out there. It's called cozy cardio. Mm. Oh, what is this all about now? It's involved stuffed animals. Well, no, okay. it can. Okay. Why do you have stuffed animals? No, no. I was just worried. Worried about what? You were going to all of a sudden suggest I buy a stuffed animal or something. But go well, ahead. No. Go ahead. What is it? It's it's any low intensity workout in your living room. Oh. You like to spend a lot of time in your living room. I do. I have a bike. I have a stationary bike in there. It's a dust collector. Not always. No, not always. It not depends. not according to sources I have. You don't have the sources you have are weak. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, basically it says you could dim the lights, you can grab a few candles. You can put on comfy clothes. You put on whatever you want on the TV, and you just do, like, some light walking, whether it's on a treadmill. Maybe it's just light biking. That's called cozy cardio. That's the new workout trend. Yeah, okay. Not my thing. Uh, David, it doesn't sound to me like your no. thing. No. <clears throat> I've well, seen it. It's hard to have cozy it, cardio when you have two little kids yeah, around. Yeah. yeah. There's no such thing as cozy, really, at all. It's sort of like just sleep whenever you can. Um, yeah. No, I've seen the the um, uh, they're like little bike pedals that you can put at the bottom of your couch. So are you are you going to be like com- competitive in the Tour de France or whatever? No, but it, basically it's just so you pedal wherever you're sitting. People put them under their desks and stuff. Yeah, I've seen those before. Again, not my thing, but they say it's better than doing nothing. Now it is more popular with women so far. Yeah. But I mean, anything that gets you moving a little bit. I'm thinking if you want to hunker down, you got your blankie and your kitties and yeah. maybe some essential oils, yeah. Scott. A little Kenny G rocking. Yeah. Or a night when you're watching, I don't know, Dancing with the Stars or The Bachelor or whatever it is you watch. Okay. Well, you watch those things. Uh, you like them. It's I... fine. And then there you go. A little cozy cardio for you. I happen to have a lady friend who enjoys those shows. <laughs> Even before you had that yeah, lady friend, you enjoyed those shows. Yeah, don't try to blame it on your lady friend here. <laughs> I hate you guys. I know you do. What's my next vacation? Oh, uh, Hunter's Business with Joe Biden. Have you heard the latest? It's straight ahead. Yep. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. The millennial David Van Camp. The sexy boomer. And the Orioles hat today. That's Scott Robin. Yeah, I have the front runners. You know, I'm doing all the front runners. It's time to jump on bandwagons, baby. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So a new target in the Joe Biden, Hunter Biden investigation? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, excuse me. Another one of uh, Hunter Biden's business partners is in the hot seat. This is Eric Schwerin, who managed the finances for the family, including Hunter's uh, personal endeavors. And you know how Joe Biden has said he never talked to his son about business? Well, Schwerin was at the White House at least 36 times during Joe Biden's uh, tenure as vice president. Uh, got hmm. some prestigious board appointment. Um, and also, by the way, the number of his visits to the White House could be much higher than 36 because, well, the, the voluntary disclosure policy exception of uh, purely personal guests. 
Hmm. Well, he, I've he, never spoken to my son about drumsticks. Yeah. Hmm. See. Weird, huh? And I know well, apparently all, he cans tomatoes and he had a lot left over. Yeah, right. And sweet corn was yeah. a big bumper crop, and right. so he wanted to take some to Joe. Yeah. Well, he was in the White House, so. Okay. Freestanding, have free, 30 free. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Free stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Got it. Mm-hmm. Just trying to help. Always. You know that. Mm-hmm. Man, oh, well, man. The Ministry of COVID. Yeah, whatever. What's, what was, what was that one? That he's proud of his son? I forgot about you know, that I'm very one. proud of my son. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Min, min, You know, man, sometimes just to hear at least, you know, in my eyes, a common person talk about Joe Biden just realistically, like what we've seen over the last few years, happened during the Joe Rogan podcast. Because if you remember Rogan, he was like a Bernie guy. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Years back. It's not like, well, he cracks up when people are like, you know, Joe, what do you think about being called a crazy right winger? He just laughs. Mm -hmm. Like, that's never where I've been. But he can see what's going on. Right. And did you, I don't know if you heard what he had to say recently about Biden. It was hilarious. Joe Biden's been a goof his whole f- career. <laughs> he's always been a goof. He's always been, he's been caught lying so many times. Yeah. He's so full of s***. There's so much evidence that he's corrupt. And by the way, a lot of people forget all the plagiarism stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. That started early in his career. It was yeah. massive. Oh yeah. People thought his career was done then. It's really pretty amazing. Just undeniable evidence of corruption. And the stuff with him and his son, and then the, the guy who just testified that was business partners with uh, with Hunter, yeah. who talked about all the different things that Joe was involved with. Evan Archer. Yeah. yeah. It's undeniable. <laughs> and the fact that, they, that mainstream news is ignoring this, except for right-wing media, it's crazy. <laughs> that might be the biggest part of the story to me. Yeah. We've always had corrupt politicians. Always. Yeah. But how often have we had a media that's like, well, we're not going to talk about that because it's not good for us. Right. I, I mean, at the very least, let's say you're, everything else is kind of guesswork about Joe getting 10% or whatever. Mm-hmm. At the very least, this is a fact. We know for a fact that Joe Biden lied about never having a conversation with his kid about uh, about business. Yes. He lied about that. And so when we were talking about it last week after the Devin Archer testimony and then Tucker's interview with him last week, I, I thought, you know, the simplest question to ask, whether it's the White House press secretary, Joe Biden himself, or anybody with the, associated with this administration, is just ask the question, why did Joe Biden lie about never having any conversation with his son about business? Because that we know is true. He lied about that. Yes. Not only that. But you've had sworn testimony about the receipts. Yeah. But there's not a news organization that says, well, there's really anything to this, I guess, other than CBS News. Talking about legacy media. It, so that's why that's the bigger story to me. Remember how hard they went after Bill Clinton? I mean, it's kind of, it's almost impossible to remember that now because he was a Democrat. I remember it. Yeah, of course. Yes. I wonder if the same thing took place today, whether they even bother with it. No, I think there would be higher-ups yeah. that as soon as reporters got the story, it mm-hmm. would be squashed. Yeah. And they would have taken Monica Lewinsky and turned her into a lying, deceitful propagandist. Well, and some people tried to do that, too. Well, yeah, but I mean, at least the mainstream media was in <laughs> yes. on the, the, you know, the whole story. They covered it. Yes. 
and the lies. And well, it seems to me, and who knows, man? It's just a gut feeling. It seems to me that back then it was more about the money because that was ratings. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would get people to tune in. What's the latest with this deal? Oh, my gosh, there's a stain on the dress. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. No way was it his. Oh, gosh. It's all that stuff. But now it's far more nefarious. Yeah, the in guy, that... I mean, you're selling influence to, to foreign countries. Yes, and you have media organizations that are getting, you know, basically decisions made by people that want to stay in power. It's about power and long-term, probably, monetary growth, not just, well, NBC's going to make a few extra bucks on the evening news because of the news cycle right now. Remember the good old days when scandals were covered and not politicized? Remember that? Yeah. Mm. It's been a while. Yeah. But, yes, I do remember that. All right. It's time of the show. Going around the table may not be the biggest story out there, but it caught your attention today. David, what's your story? You know, I don't know who could have ever expected this, but... After the disastrous experiment in defunding the police, Oakland, California is, well, kind of falling in on itself with crime. Heck, you say. Weird how that works, right? It's almost like when those of us who cautioned against it, unlike what the left claimed, weren't actually racist. It was, hey, you know you're going to get a lot of people hurt and killed, right? So Facts are racist. (laughs) Right. Right, of course. Facts are Common racist. Common sense is racist. A ham so, sandwich is racist. And math everything. is racist. Yes, everything. Everything's racist. So in Oakland, we remember a few weeks ago, the police department there said, hey, you know, maybe it's a good idea to start barricading your door uh, yeah. if you live in certain neighborhoods in Oakland. Man. Well, now, CNN has the story. The police department is recommending that people have air horns with them. So that it may scare off a would-be attacker or somebody robbing your place, and it would alert your neighbors. So they got this. They've got. They've got this. Uh, okay. the, this photo of a lady uh, in her property or on her property. She's got you know the ring camera or whatever. She's got some extra locks, and she's holding a little air horn, looking very forlorn. Of course, whatever you're picturing, with. California Bay Area liberal woman. Mm-hmm. That's an accurate image. Whatever you're picturing right now, okay. you know exactly right. who you're talking or who who I'm talking about here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apparently, yes, uh, just carry around an air horn and it's fine. And I love the comments on the uh, on on the article from CNN. It's like, huh, weird. My my air horn uh, has a capacity of uh, well, 29 millimeter parabellum. well it does raise the next question so you hit the air horn what does it mean yeah then you're not supposed to use force as a citizen right right who's coming nobody you're you're just hoping that the sound is enough to annoy the attacker or robber to go away there's a a guy on social media he goes by dr ricardo harambe he does a bunch of just (laughs) funny memes and he, all he did was got a got a picture of a, of a of a car with a bumper sticker that says "Honk if you're horny," and yeah. horny is crossed out, and it just says "getting stabbed." <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right, Scott, what's your story? Uh, welcome to St. Louis, land of the Cardinals, the Gateway Arch, toasted raviolis, and now a precedent-setting cash settlement involving police protesters and the progressive city government. 
$4.9 million settlement stems from a protest in September of 2017 when a white police officer, Jason Stockley, was acquitted in the shooting death of a black man, Anthony, Anthony Lamar Smith. Protesters of the acquittal claim that police surrounded, they say, police surrounded 120 people and did not follow orders to disperse these people. Did they? Hey, get out of here. They didn't. Others at the protest said police used excessive force and pepper sprayed them. <laughs> so they sued the city. The city settled out for $4.9 million for a, about 120 different people. Some checks have already gone out, ranging from twenty-eight grand to one hundred fifty grand. So protesting pays off. Wow! The more you protest, the louder you get. The more you're told to disrupt or to disperse, you don't do it. At the end of the day, here's one hundred fifty grand. That's not precedent setting or anything, is it? Wow! <laughs> yeah, it's upside down. It man. is completely upside down. And yes. for the record, Stockley uh, totally had it coming. I'm sorry, not Stockley, Anthony Lamar Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they saw it that way, too. Yeah, it was yeah. a car chase. Mm-hmm. The guy got pulled over uh, after the cops had to ram his car, and he won't exit the vehicle. And then, sure enough, uh, reaches in the back seat and reaches for what the cop thinks is a gun. Cop yep. opens fire. Anthony Lamar Smith, dead. That's what happens. Yes. Yep. I know. It's crazy. All right, I'm choosing to go lighter with my story, changing it up. And I wanted to give this headline at the risk of, like, just throwing a straw man out there. Um, It is a story about why you should never use Mm self-checkout. I don't ever. So I thought you would champion this. Never, ever, yeah. And it's because of things like this, right? I don't know about what you're going to say, but uh, I don't do it because I don't get a discount for doing it. Do you know how to do it? If my granddaughter's with me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I brought it up. Yep. You tell me if this makes sense or not, though. Okay. Um, Carrie Jernigan is the social media person, says you should never use it because it's too risky. Because you could wind up getting falsely arrested for shoplifting too easy. You're confused, David. I can see it already. I was confused. Well, who's? Uh, They're saying that you could <clears throat> accidentally take something. And well, I'm thinking to myself, how does that happen? Keep track of what you're putting in the bag. And, and generally, again, I mean, if somebody stops you or the, the thing goes off, just sort of say, oh, my gosh, it was a mistake or whatever. Right. I mean, if you're, if, it's one thing if you're caught, you know, with 50% things that you purchased and then 50% things that right. you're trying to steal, then the cops might get involved unless you are in a progressive-run city, in which case they'll say, thank you for shopping. But <laughs> yes. But, yeah, if it's like, uh, Is oh, there anything I can do to do the work? <laughs> right. It's I want to do the work. Right. I mean, but, yeah, if you accidentally forget to ring up a tube of toothpaste somehow, but you paid for everything else, you're right. not going to get arrested. Well, this person says stores have large, sophisticated teams that examine the tapes of self-checkout looking for shoplifters. So if you accidentally take something, once they do inventory and figure out they're off, they'll look through the tapes and report you to police. Has or they could just make a mistake on inventory and wind up falsely accusing you. Either way, you're looking at a legal nightmare that's expensive and stressful. And I'm thinking, this is some of the worst advice I've ever seen. Am I the only one? Who? Has that ever happened to anyone? I was just going to say. I don't know. I, I was going to ask that, too. Well, especially, has this person ever worked retail? Because 
It's generally not how inventory ta- Nobody's going to say, oh, this my gosh. This is a criminal defense attorney. Really? Yes. Carrie Jernigan. And said, but if you must use self-checkout, she says to use it on small orders. Use your credit card for proof of what you paid. Keep your receipt and go slowly so the camera see everything you scan. Well, that's why usually it's like 15 items or fewer. A lot the, of times, yeah. I mean. Unless it's some jerk. I just never heard this before. Yeah, that's odd. Okay. Now, I, if anything, I figured that would give Scott a little well, bit of ammunition to say, this is why I don't self-check out. I don't have to worry about going to jail for a tube of toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not think. that I can't do it. It's because it's not safe. It's not safe. I'm right. just trying to think like they're doing inventory and they're like, there is one bag of M&Ms missing. Get the tapes. <laughs> Who does? Nobody does that. No. No, I don't think so. Okay, uh, boy, sad update from the city of Chicago. Uh, We'll get to that. And a news update straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, Chicago, there's a news update there. What is going on? Golly, man. You know how the mayor, Brandon Johnson, last week said that, you know, don't call it a mob. Call it a large gathering. You know, when people are running around and looting stuff and killing each other. An eight-year-old girl uh, shot in the head after getting ice cream with her dad. An eight-year-old girl from Chicago who was riding a scooter suffered a fatal gunshot wound to the head, reportedly due to a man's anger over noise. The girl's name is Sarabi Medina. You probably haven't seen a whole lot of that in national news because, well, she was just an innocent person, actually, not somebody who had been running from the cops and got shot. Um, she had just gotten ice cream with her dad when she was shot. This happened over the weekend within uh, Chicago's Portage Park neighborhood. Following the shooting, police responded to the suspect's apartment building to get interviews and gather evidence. Uh, Apparently, before he shot her, he had said something about them being too loud. Nope, you're right. National News is not going to cover that. Tell me more about how, you know, some imaginary white supremacist organization is the greatest threat to America's homeland. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You know, I made the point before, a true white supremacist, as far as the way some of our biggest American cities are run by people from the left, they love it. Mm -hmm. Because it's less black people. Well. More people dying. Yeah. Because of the policies. Brandon Johnson, he's worried about it. We, words matter. Can't yeah. say things like mob action, things like that. It might be too offensive to people. You know, all these people talk about is we need to have a conversation. Oh, About crap. what? We there, need to have a conversation no. about this, you jackass. You need law and order. You have to have it. It's chaos, if not. And chaos <laughs> hurts commerce. You need commerce to keep things going. You dope this triple. <laughs> this, I, I just, I'm so frustrated by this. Every day. Well, every freaking day. It's not just that. It's you look at the history of the world and you go back and you try to look anywhere where these policies that the left want to keep pushing, where it's ever worked, ever. It doesn't. Nope. You have to have law and order. And, I mean, it's run so deep now. Universities through academia. And, I mean, you're seeing it infiltrate into the military. I mean, it just, it has to be stopped. Eight-year-old girl with her dad getting ice cream. 
ruining the Jeez. country. That's sad, man. It's awful. Okay, this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, this is something with the president. Yeah. Wow. So, so what made a lot of noise yesterday, at least for those who pay attention to media outlets that uh, dare to report it, was a bunch of uh, Gold Star families, uh, people who had lost their loved ones in the terror attack at the Kabul airport a couple of years ago during the disastrous uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan. They talked a lot about how Joe Biden disrespected them, how people at the Pentagon disrespected them, wouldn't tell them the truth about what happened. And then, you know, you get some reporting. There's a guy named Jerry Dunleavy who has a book out about this, uh, talking to the people on the ground where there was a cover up of exactly uh, how this terror attack was able to take place. And it was because there was so much chaos that no one really knew what was supposed to happen. It's so disgusting when this happens, too, because you've lost someone and then you're lied to constantly. Yeah. Reminds you of the Pat Tillman thing. Just be honest about what happened. Right. So Sergeant Tyler Vargas Andrews, he's a Marine who survived the explosion in Kabul that killed 13 Americans. Uh, He lost his right arm in the attack and he had several other bodily injuries as well. Now, this this was before the testimony yesterday in California from the Gold Star families. But he had done an interview with a guy named Sean Ryan and talked about meeting Joe Biden in the hospital. And the cluelessness of Joe Biden comes through here. Roll it. Right away, like, remember him coming up to me, um, trying to shake my hand, like, try to shake my right hand. And I look at him, and I'm like, I don't have an arm. And my left arm is in this big-ass cast with this giant orange foam block around it. I completely immobile. All I can do is move my head. My arm's gone. I'm like, I don't have an arm. And he says, oh, and, like, kind of stands up and then, like, goes over to reach for my fingers because about an inch of my fingers are showing and just, like, grabs my fingers. Doesn't say, doesn't greet me or anything. Just that's what happened. Just grab my fingers and... uh I was like, okay, that's weird. And, you know, almost immediately starts talking, like, about how their son served in the military. Okay, stop there for a sec. Yeah. How many times have we actually heard this play out ourselves and then heard told about it? Yeah. So, yeah, at least now, uh, by my count, five of the people either who survived or well, he's the only one who's spoken about this who survived, but um, it, at least what Joe Biden had to say. But there are four other families who say that, yeah, the first thing that he started talking about was the fact that his son had died and then even suggested, said, yeah, he came, he, he died and his casket was draped with an American flag, suggesting that he died on the battlefield, which is not how Bo Biden passed away. He had cancer. 
And it's it's absurd that he keeps trotting this out, especially to grieving families or somebody who just lost an arm because of his screw-up. And I'm guessing, what, there's no one around that guy to say, hey, you know what's kind of played out? You don't want to use this anymore. It's a completely different situation. Not that there's not empathy for you for losing your son, but to use it in this context is not the way to go about this. Is there no one that tells him that? Uh, apparently not, no, because he keeps doing it. Yeah, no kidding. Doesn't say anything about what happened. Starts talking about how their son served in the military. And uh, my mom is just like, she's furious at this point. And they're like taking pictures and stuff. And uh, uh. she goes, she was like, literally, my mom said this. She's like, I don't give a f say, I don't care what you guys f do. She's like, you better take care of him for the rest of his f life. No. I don't blame her. And then well. he says, then they kept asking for resources. We were told by the White House, oh, yeah, we're here for you, whatever. And, of course, as we unfortunately hear that story play out time and time again with American service members who have come back wounded, no one ever really follows up. No, it's incredibly sad and disgusting all at the same time. Wow. Okay, and not covered at all from legacy media, of course. Um but NBC's really good at lying about uh, Republican politicians, especially ones they feel threatened by, like uh, Ron DeSantis. They've well, lied about him again. Yeah, Dasha Burns, I think she's trying to get back in the cool kids club. Because remember, she's the one who pointed out that John Fetterman had trouble communicating because he oh, well, had a massive stroke. Yes, I remember. Yeah. She got in big trouble for that. Yeah, and, and all these yeah. people said, ableist, and oh, it's terrible. All she right. said was was what her experience was. So I think she's trying to get in good with the uh, with the Mean Girls Club in media again. Uh, well, you, one thing you can't do is tell the truth. Right. Okay, well, you got to learn how to lie. Yeah, she's with the Today Show. She interviewed Ron DeSantis. And, of course, during the part of the interview about abortion, she lied. Uh, she asked him if he'd sign a federal abortion ban, and he said, by and large, this should be up to the states, but uh, I won't allow a free-for-all abortion uh, policy uh, up to the moment of birth be law. I, no, we'll challenge that, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, not... I got to push back on you on that because that that's a, a misrepresentation of, of what's happening. I mean, that... 1.3% of abortions happen at 21 weeks or higher. There's no, no right. evidence of Democrats pushing for but, but their abortions view is, up Time until... out for a second. By the way, if you haven't seen this, as she is talking about these stats, she's not looking DeSantis in the eye. She's looking down at a piece of paper. Yeah. Because all of that's written down for her. Okay. Their view, is, until... their view is, is that all the way up into that, yet there should not be any legal protections. Uh, there is no in indication end. of now, Democrats right, pushing you're, you're for right. that. Much of the DeSantis pitch to voters revolves around being a husband and father. Yeah. Cut it off right there. Mm -hmm. And even just on the face of her argument that it happened, it's 1.3% of all abortions. So then it is happening and Democrats are pushing for it. I mean, yes, and you're saying, well, there shouldn't be a law against that because it happens so rarely. Right. If people get shot and killed sometimes, we don't need a law against people shooting and killing. It happens so rarely. Right. Uh, of course, then later on MSNBC, they aired the rest of that attack back and forth. Okay. Uh, there is no in indication the of Democrats you're right, pushing you're, you're for right. that. Well, yes, they are. They've done it in California. They've done it in other states. They have uh, not instituted some... that policy. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have. Uh, they basically will say that, you know, if there's some type of like it. Time it, out. How does she not know that? Uh, because she's either a very uh, good liar or she's an idiot. 
I mean, yeah, well, yeah, it wasn't in her prepared notes. Either. Right. Yeah, that's probably true. It, they'll use like different ways to really have a, it's, have a it's wide extremely exception for rare. 1.3%. And in those circumstances, they're typically extremely emotional decisions. Well, no, I mean, I, 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 I don't say that that's <laughs> the norm in terms of this, but I do think that's that your argument. Yeah. It's extremely, extremely emotional. emotional. Yeah. Okay. What does that have to do with it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That the left in this country has moved on from a position that said, you know what, we do want to discourage abortion. It's not something that's a good thing to now viewing it more as a positive good for society. And I think most Americans, regardless of how they feel on legal protections, I don't think most Americans think it's a positive good for society. It's obviously a tragic circumstance. I've heard it say before, isn't that the way evil goes? Yeah, it starts off with this thing. Oh, it's rare, legal, mm-hmm. rare, safe. Don't want it to happen, but boy, if it has to, safe, legal, and rare. Now celebrate it. That's usually how evil goes. Yeah, worse and worse and worse. Wow. Well, wasn't it you yesterday, David, who talked about some trans guy to become a woman that wanted a wanted the woman part so he could have an abortion? No, nah, I don't remember that. But okay, I remember a story from. I mean, I, I did see a story out in the New York Post where a guy who had the whole, you know, removal yeah, surgery done, surgery, yeah. he had broken up with his uh, with his significant other, and is throwing a fit and threatening a lawsuit because apparently he kept his clackers in the fridge. Oh boy! And he wants them back. <laughs> well, look. <laughs> Every married guy can relate to that. <laughs> Every divorced guy, you mean. Oh, he gets them back, though. Yeah. That's in the settlement. Yeah. yeah. Do they work after that, Scott? The thawing process takes some time, but <laughs> okay, yes, check. eventually they'll get there. Yes. Uh, did you hear about this? Switching gears, sort of. This is, well, the trans insanity uh, about Martina Navratilova. She gets, you know... Into these fights sometimes, trying to say, hey, this is getting a little crazy. One that's been standing up for women's rights forever, and now they're being trampled upon. But you've got, you know, the woke crowd now and the trans activists coming after her hard. So the way this story goes is Riley Gaines was talking about how uncomfortable she was changing in the locker room with the trans-identifying male swimmer. Okay, yeah. if you remember this story, yeah. she was the swimmer that was talking about. Well, there was one swimmer that was with um, the UPenn swimmer, uh, Leah Thomas, whatever the regular name was, saying, yeah, it was really uncomfortable. And all these activists were going after that person for saying, you need to get over it. Mm-hmm. Because someone brought up again and again, and it was about, you know, well, you know, was it really that obvious? And it was like it was a six foot four male. Okay. It, yes, it was obvious. So the activists come out going after her, and Martina Navratilova then said, uh, okay, tell that to a 10 year old girl in the locker room, too. Mm-hmm. Just don't look there, and hopefully that person won't look at you either. And then she said, how effing irresponsible is this? Talking about what's happening with young girls being subjected to having to change in women's locker rooms with trans-identifying males. And so then another activist suggested Martina Navratilova's post was fascism. 
and it was an issue of sex-based rights. Martina came back and said, no one here is trying to control bodies, which, in fact, men had been controlling women's bodies for millennia and still do. Asking for sex-based women's spaces is not fascism. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, And went on to say, any man now can get into a women's locker room and the women can do nothing about it, and it's not okay, and you shouldn't be okay with it either. So then another trans activist tried to compare fear of trans-identifying males in women's lockers or locker rooms to how people reportedly felt in the 1990s about allowing lesbians like herself in those places. And she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Nope, lesbians, as in biological females, do not commit sexual assaults. That would be 95% plus biological men. Nice try, though. Yeah. Well, there was a, uh, uh, there's a writer, and I don't know what her real name is, but it, she goes by uh, Junis Anna on uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. I saw this a couple of months ago on that point and she wrote it boggles my mind that after decades of being told to not walk alone at night lock your doors don't get into an elevator alone with a strange man be careful of stairways watch your drink (laughs) carry your keys in your hand don't go into the park at night don't go walking or jogging with headphones don't go into the woods alone close your windows check the back seat of your car before getting in avoid getting too close to vans walk with a purpose don't sit in your car at the mall be constantly on alert don't answer the door to strangers don't hitchhike be careful what you wear take a self-defense to, uh, class be prepared to scream fire don't get in a car with a stranger and after all these warnings we're told now men in dresses won't hurt you stop being a bigot and strip down in the change room while they're there they have a right to look at you if you have a problem with that that's your problem stop being a fear monger shut up and accept it nazi Gosh, damn. <laughs> that's so well said, it man. It is. It's great. It, it, that's how crazy it is. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, you're thinking about dads, the way you talk to your daughters, how to be careful, all this stuff. And now it's, oh, but go ahead and change in front of the dude in the women's locker room. It was a TikTok video, by the way, that I got a listener who said that a woman is on there transitioning that wants to become a woman and then have an abortion. It's a TikTok video making its way around. Not David Van Camp. Okay, Not David got Van Camp. News update next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, what's the latest in this Trump case, David? Well, the judge in Florida is a little bit miffed at Jack Smith, the special counsel, because what Jack Smith tried to do is is, uh, take uh, some information from a grand jury in D.C. and apply it to the current case in South Florida, which has to do with classified documents. Okay. Goes, One of the great sleazebags of our time. And so this uh, this judge, which, of course, every media outlet in America is going to remind you, a Trump-appointed judge, said, I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can. No, you can't provide evidence under seal from a different jurisdiction for a different case. Uh, and apply it to this one. We're not doing that. So she tossed out a couple of things that he had put on on the docket and then has instructed Trump's lawyers to come back in a couple of weeks uh, to uh, try to reach conclusion as to whether or not it's even legal what Jack Smith is trying to do. Got it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's all over the place, man. I mean... I tell people they'll ask me the latest on this, and I'm trying to explain it the best I can. And I'm like, listen, man, we follow it every day. It gets confusing. Yeah. And what, the Georgia indictment may come next week? Yeah, something like that. Okay. These are bad people. They I are understand. bad people. 
Yes. It's so sad. Uh, yes, in a lot of ways, it is. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> Do you see this? Even Zoom is making its staff return to the office. <laughs> what? Yes. Really? That's Zoom interesting. Is now enforcing a structured hybrid approach, getting people to return back to work, where employees who live near an office need to be on site at least two days a week. Wow. You know why they said they're going to do that? Productivity, I'm guessing. It's most effective. Yeah, of course. Yes. Of course it is. But you're selling a product <laughs> that you want people to use to do this with, right? Well, well yes, me, you could do that, but still realize that, hey, it's better to have you. I mean, it, Zoom's better off still if you go you know, back a few years if people are only in the office two days a week. Mm-hmm. I I tend to think of it as sort of the Scarface rule, right? Don't get high on your own supply. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. That, like if uh, you work at GM and you drive a Ford, you know? <laughs> you got to park way back in the lot. I wonder if that masturbator from CNN sees this story and says, Man, <laughs> there wouldn't have been that whole Zoom thing and the COVID thing. I'd yeah. still have my job at CNN True. right now. He would have yeah. locked himself in the office, but nobody would have found out. <laughs> Wouldn't have stopped him from no, doing the no, crime, no, whatever. Would have, would have but it been, just wouldn't have been in right. front of a bunch of people, like people, you said. Right, exactly. Yes. Probably would have been, you know, something like that. Yes. Hopefully not the men's restroom or something. God. No, oh, jeez. This is the Marky Van Camp and Robin Show. All right. Biggest story of the day. The mental image you just put in my head. Yeah, I know. Of Jeffrey Tubin. Sorry, you know, I. He, when I think of CNN or Zoom, I think, man, that guy, that Tubin dude. <laughs> wow. It's like one of those things that happened, and, of course, we all went through it and talked yeah. about it and couldn't believe it. And now that it's a few years later, all of a sudden you're like, that really happened. That wasn't some crazy dream. That guy actually did that. Since he worked at the New Yorker, my favorite part of that was somebody took old New Yorker uh, 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 comics and and every single one just changed the captain to Jeffrey Tubin got caught masturbating on a Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> and it all worked. It was crazy. <laughs> all right, news update is next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. The Gen Xer. The Millennial, David Van Camp. The Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. I just saw a poll come up on the news monitor. That 45% of Americans think we should spend more money for Ukraine uh, Ukraine, and help them in their battle against Russia. Mm. Okay. I'm just asking the question. I'll ask you first, David. So for that 45%, they view this as like Russia is the threat to the United States and we got to do the right thing for the people of Ukraine? Well, I, yeah, I, I think that's part of it part of it too and you know again i i think to me personally it's pretty obvious russia is the bad guy in this situation and agree uh has been doing some pretty reprehensible things in ukraine my biggest complaint about the the u.s support of ukraine is that we're supposed to just do it without any strings attached that we're not expecting to know where the money's going right what's happening with our equipment that's being used there and how much are we putting ourselves at risk by dwindling ammunition supplies and, and whatnot and, and machinery and whatnot that we may need in the future with China 
appearing to uh, get ready to be more aggressive. Well, and when we say no matter the cost and however long it takes. Yeah, that that I'm not good with. But I think there are a lot of people who have been uh, propagandized into thinking yeah. that you should absolutely blank check to Ukraine no matter what. So your thoughts, Scott? Yeah. Um, I am disturbed by the fact of the accountability the the blank check without any account on what exactly and where it's going and what we're buying and what we're supporting. Yeah. Um, and for by the way, for a country who is known for having just a skosh bit of corruption that goes on there. Yeah, one of the most corrupt for years. Yes, of course, I tried to temper it a little bit, but yes, yeah, it's yeah, true. Of course, it's true. Yeah, but we don't have any idea. And nobody's disputing the fact that Russia's out of bounds here. Okay, and one the, other question, yeah. real quick. Okay, whoever can answer first. When you see someone's social media and you see the Ukraine flag, what's the first thing you think? I laugh. I do, too. Okay. I do, too, because these are the same people, the virtue signaling nut yeah. jobs, for the most part, <laughs> that are out there and virtue signaling on everything. Well, yeah. Well, I also want to know, there, there are charities out there where you can help displace people from Ukraine. I'd love to know how much money you've sent. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you wonder that, too. All right, David, you had a piece of audio uh, from a couple of winners talking about the Trump indictment. Yeah, well, this is actually kind of remarkable, and I really just almost bring this uh, to the table because I think it perfectly encapsulates what Americans are up against when it comes to the people in charge of running news networks. Joe Biden's former press secretary, Jen Psaki, is an MSNBC anchor now. Mm -hmm. She's delivering the news and analysis that Americans need to know, even though she literally was paid to speak for the White House. Yes. And is still doing so just now with the MSNBC banner in front of her. Um, she did an interview with Ron Klain, who was Biden's chief of staff. That is to say, she did an interview with her old boss, and MSNBC told people watching that network, this is news. <laughs> um, so here you have a major news network presenting two former coworkers as actual news analysts to talk about Donald Trump being indicted. Okay. Roll it. It's going to be oh, Scott. Scott, you're going to be all right. You'll get through this. Okay. What did you think when you read this? I thought how close it came to succeeding. The indictment is a damning uh, indictment of what Donald Trump tried to do to keep the American people from having their will in the election. I remember being worried oh the God. night before January 6th about delay tactics being yeah. used on the floor, but not about the level of violence or the level of security threats. And what were you worried about at the time? Same thing. I was worried about an effort to just to delay and postpone. And I'll say there were times on January 6th where I was fearful that Donald Trump would not leave the office and that Joe Biden would never be sworn in as president because they would not be able to resume the tabulation of the electoral votes. Okay. Well, I mean, some people were, you know, a long way away that were hiding under mm -hmm. desks, too. Yeah, that's true. With no, no one in a building. Yeah. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised by that. But they parlayed it into book deals and... Political of course. Point. Yes. Yes. Oh, by the way, because when I, you know, hear both of them talk, I think swamp creatures. They've both been in that swamp for a long time, and that's yeah. what it is. But I've found out, though, as of today, that if you call people in D.C. part of the swamp or refer to it as the swamp, you are, in fact, racist. racist. Wait, what? That's right. You're racist. I saw that yeah. earlier. Part of the swamp, like the, the, the professional bureaucratic class and the lobbyist class. That's right. 
which is like overwhelmingly white and upper middle class, if not upper class. Yeah. Yes. So it's like white upper class Washington liberal now considered black. <laughs> What's happening here? I'm confused. Well, I think uh, from the Washington Post, they had talked about people being very critical of D.C. Mm -hmm. and talking about, of course, draining the swamp, that sort of thing. But, you know, Washington, D.C. has a lot of black people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, for a while, it was majority black. Now it's about evenly split between black and white. I'm going to see this commentary at Hot Air. Um, so as far as this piece to get today, it talks about, upon learning of former President Trump's most recent indictment last week, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis had a novel take. Americans should have the right to remove cases from Washington, D.C. Okay, so it goes on to talk about soon Trump and his lawyers were in on the action, arguing on social media and Sunday shows that he could not receive a fair trial in the nation's capital. Thus opens a new chapter in the long saga of lawmakers treating residents of the District of Columbia as if they aren't Americans. A history intertwined with race, as with partisanship. You look confused, David. Because... The word that, that comes to mind, I can't say on the radio, but that, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. <laughs> no. Dude, as we were talking about earlier in this show, everything's racist. Well, yeah, that's why the word doesn't have any power anymore. Yeah, math is racist. Right, everything's it, it, racist. Everything. When everything's racist, nothing like, is racist. I've said that a million times. Like, like it's a novel argument to ask for a change of venue? Right. Because you can't trust D.C. And they're saying, well, if you're critical of D.C., that's because there are you know, a lot of black people there. there what? There was a, there was a trial I, I covered years and years ago when I was living in Missouri, and it got a change of venue because, well, the guy who was on trial was fairly well-known in this little town where he lived and was accused yeah. of killing someone. And so they moved it to a county, I don't know, two hours away. That's that's called a change of venue, and it happens all the time because they're worried that well everybody knew who this guy was, yeah, so right. no, they all right. knew the story. So it was yes. going to be very very difficult to find something even resembling a fair jury, and so they moved it to a town where nobody really knew who the guy was. And so I, it's not that's just dumb. That's, that you <laughs> no, have to be dumb. actually no. insane. <laughs> To have this take that somehow it's racist that Trump doesn't want to go to trial in Washington, D.C., where Trump is the most famous person probably in the world, and there is no other town where he is more well-known than Washington, D.C., because he was the freaking president. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, change of venues. You're right, David. It happened all the time. That, it does happen. For a variety of reasons. But like you said, I, I worked in a town, too, where... A guy had, uh, but was, was uh, purportedly killed his wife and his kids, in order to carry on with a model, and uh, they had to move. They moved the trial out of the county because, I mean, the county everybody knew who the guy was, right? And everybody knew about the case. You weren't going to get any sort of, you know, unbiased jury in that case. There were people that didn't know about it. Yeah. They don't know it, it but dude, I, everything's you, racist. Well, it makes no it, sense. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense at all. By no. the way, you want a story on race? I saw one today in the Wall Street Journal. Totally different story here, but this is interesting. Um, and it was what was the headline? The legal assault on corporate diversity efforts has begun. Conservatives group 
uh, challenges Amazon, Comcast, and others for using many of the same tools that help kill affirmative action programs in colleges. So now you've got different people saying, hold, hold on a second. Not just at colleges, remember the whole affirmative action thing. Wait a second, what about the Asian Americans at Harvard? Right. That's not fair. They're getting people shut out because of the color of their skin. And we're saying that can't happen at corporations either. So conservative legal activists, as the story says, successfully challenged the use of affirmative action by universities. Now they're going after diversity initiatives widely deployed across American corporations. Some companies are already reconsidering their efforts. Again, it's got to be a meritocracy. Or it's racism. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So it says in lawsuits, shareholder letters and petitions to the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, activists are using some of the same tactics that progressive groups have used to advance diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI programs. They are arguing that companies are violating rules against race and sex discrimination, including those drawn from legislation designed to secure the rights of black Americans. Basically, what they're saying is, is, listen, there's been a number of things going on in a lot of different corporations to meet their DEI goals, and it's leaving people shut out because of the color of their skin. We can't have that. It's racist. Mm -hmm. So I think this is great news to a lot of people. That are, I mean, <laughs> you say the word equality, it's another one of those words, Scott, where I think it doesn't mean as much no. as it used to. But that's what equality is. Actually, you know what? That word has almost turned my brain around. I mean, uh, when, when I hear it now, when I hear diversity and, and, and inclusion and equality and all that stuff that we talk about all the time, yeah. I instantly go, well, it's garbage. I wouldn't have thought that 20 years ago. Oh, I'm with you. You know, but it's it's taking these words and just destroying the meaning of them. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I got this happened a lot over time. I got an yeah. estimate on how much equity I've built up in my home, and I got pissed off. Right. You're like, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> on a lighter exactly. note, something that you might uh, find comical. Um, David, you've made fun of motivational posters a lot. Yeah. Over time. It's pretty funny. Have you seen these demotivational posters? Oh, I love this idea right away. Yeah. Do we keep you humble? Yeah, I want to. I, I like these already. Okay, as an example, so they put these together. They were like, yeah, these are these are pretty good. Uniqueness. Even if you're one in a million, there's still seven thousand five hundred of you out there. <laughs> so you do like that? I do. Yeah. I, yeah. I gotta admit, I like this one. The okay. lottery. The odds of you dying on your way to purchase a ticket are greater than the odds of winning the jackpot. That's absolutely true. Yeah. And Mega Millions is 1.1 billion, by the way. Are you playing? Of course. Are you really? Yeah, at 1.1 okay. billion, yeah. All right. Underachievement. The tallest blade of grass is the first to be cut by the lawnmower. There you go. <laughs> See, that's good. That's loser's think, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. You might like this, Scott. Healthy. The slowest possible rate at which you can die. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Again, these are the demotivational Motivational posters. posters. Yeah. Relationships. Sure, there are plenty of other fish in the sea, but you're not anywhere near the sea. You're in the desert alone. Oh, <laughs> see. But see, is that too sad? That's sad. That's sad. Yeah. Uh, it, it could get sadder. Trust. A sheep spends its whole life fearing the wolves, 
Only to be eaten by the shepherd. <laughs> but that just sounds like a Ronnie James Dio line. <laughs> it kind of does, yeah. Uh, You're a shepherd in the dark. Hope. Always the first step on the road to disappointment. Yeah. See, I like that one. Yeah. I bet you do. Yeah, I do like I that I bet one, you yeah. do. Okay. Or today is the first day of the rest of your life. But so was yesterday. Look how that turned out. <laughs> See, that's too much negativity, man. Gotta turn it around. All right. Got <laughs> a news update straight ahead. All right. Wow. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. U.S. credit card debt hits $1 trillion? Whoa. Yeah, it's no good, man. It's not good. Highest of all time. Bidenomics. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he's going to be talking about Bidenomics here, oh, I think, within the next, like, 15 minutes. Hey, remember Proterra? That's an electric vehicle manufacturer that Joe Biden said, hey, you know what? We're going to have so many people driving electric buses, we're going to have to make bigger buses because so many people are going to want to ride on them, man. Right. Yeah. Proterra just declared bankruptcy. Boo. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, the Biden bucks weren't enough to keep it afloat. Mm. Well, that's a tough one there. And Dylan Mulvaney driving the bus didn't work. <laughs> well, you know what? If you could somehow convert delusions into fuel, then Dylan Mulvaney would make an excellent transportation secretary. Yeah. Wow. At least that was one gig where someone did lose their job yeah. over bad decisions. You know, we were talking about the hearing yesterday where you heard from the Gold Star families, people that were lost during the debacle of us leaving Afghanistan. And still, and the audio we heard from the one dad talking about all those people, including Millie and Ned and Lloyd Austin, Biden, all, they should have resigned. I mean, they won't. But you can certainly make the argument that they should have. Don't know if you knew this. Today's National Pickleball Day. Hope you're celebrating. Hey, you're a player. I played a handful of times, mostly with my son-in-law. But you liked it, right? Yeah, it was fun, man. It's one of those things, anytime you can get exercise without thinking like it's exercise is actually fun. Yeah. yeah. I would do it. I understand people that have played tennis. Like, hey, this isn't tennis. I, I'm not making that argument at all. No. I get where you're coming from. Yeah, it's a completely different game. But for a lot of people, it's a lot of fun. It's a decent way to get exercise. I'm waiting for, like, is ESPN carrying any of those games yet? I mean, I say that honestly. I mean, they do cornhole. Yeah, it could at some point I mean, point I would time. think there'd be people that would want to watch it, actually. I've seen different things, you know, on social media yeah. where you, the back and forth that right. starts going on is insane. It is. I have, too. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. But speaking of ESPN, did see that they let Sue Bird, who is Megan Rapinoe's significant other. Oh, yeah. Do this glowing review of her, even though they went down in flames. <laughs> the U.S. women's soccer team. Yeah. About how she's one of the greats of all time, almost like an Ali wow. sort of figure. Oh, God, <laughs> it was, seriously, it was more comical than it was pointed. I guarantee you, really something. I can't ever remember a whole seemingly country turning on a team like that, but it's happened over the last several years. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it.
music and having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, the Massachusetts governor has declared a state of emergency because they've got 20,000 migrants that are overflowing their state's shelter system. I'd heard about this. You know, know, hey, man, I mean, I I don't know what to tell you. You said you were a sanctuary. You said that this was fine and that it was, uh, you know, really bad that that evil orange man wanted to do something about you know, unchecked migration into the United States. Well, part of this, too, was he was asking people, hey, maybe you let people stay at your place. Yeah. Uh, uh, you first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, more than 20,000 people in the state shelter system. Uh, the governor says that there are numerous contributing factors, including uh, federal policies on immigration, you think? As well as the lack of affordable housing and the end of COVID-era programs. So they're asking for more federal assistance to do this. And to me, I, I understand that uh, they'll, they'll probably get it because New York is getting it. I mean, mm-hmm. we talked about it a while ago, but you know, New York actually got, for a new shelter service uh, program that was started, New York got the lion's share of the funding for that program. <laughs> not Texas, not Arizona. Right. Wow. Not even California. Uh, no, it was it went to New York. And why is that? It's because the top Democrat in the House is from New York. And it's because the Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer, is from New York as well. Uh, last week, uh, uh, Kirsten Sinema uh, used to be a Democrat, now is an independent senator out of Arizona, just flamed Joe Biden for that. Was like, no, this is unacceptable. I, I'm livid about this because we need assistance here because this is ground zero for the crisis. Right. You know, we were told that any sort of federal funding would first be prioritized to decompress what's happening at the border, and it hasn't done that. Instead, they've just given a pile of cash to their buddies in New York, and now Massachusetts will probably get the same treatment here. To me, I'm over here going, you buy the ticket, you take the ride. No, you're not getting any more federal funding for this. You said you were a sanctuary state. You... You said that you had your arms open, which to me implies you have the resources to handle it. Well, you said that never ever thinking was going to happen to you. You know that. No, it's actually like putting the Ukraine flag in your social media heading. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, we're all supporting. What? What? what me go help? Heck no. All right. It's all fine and good as long as you people stay down there. In those southern states, don't right. you? It can't come up here. I also saw today that a little controversy in New York because some of the places that they're putting the migrants are on top of beloved local soccer fields. I'm not joking. When you start messing with soccer parents, you got problems. <laughs> you think? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I saw that too. No, I, I will look it up right Migrants, now if you want. soccer fields. I'm looking. I'm looking. Okay, go ahead, man. I'm not uh, making that yeah, up. Okay. New plan calls for building shelters for migrants on Randall's Island soccer fields, they say. <laughs> People are upset. It's emergency housing there. Mm-hmm. They announced it yesterday. The city's also planning to open humanitarian emergency response and relief centers at the former 
uh, uh, stupid pop-up ad at a uh, Creedmoor is what it's called, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And people are upset there because, well, that's going to take our stuff. New facility would hold up to 2,000 adult men. Uh-oh. Yeah. Mm. No trouble there at all. Not our soccer field, but, 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 but. You know what? They need to turn the Statue of Liberty, I think, into a migrant housing facility. Oh, there you go. <laughs> we heard... All I was thinking was, no, no, try to open it on some football fields in Texas, right, as high school football is <laughs> yeah. starting. Yeah, See how that goes. That. Good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. I'm like a floating motel there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> hey, got a piece of audio to play, because uh, I want to know if you think this is effective at all. All right? And what this is, is this is an ad for the Republican Party, basically. It's the Senate that's put out this ad um, to fight against, you know, the Democrats and the way everything is going. Actually, let's do that. Let's do that in like 10 minutes because this is more involved. Let's take care of this now. Jim Jordan is trying to explain how big tech and the FBI censored Hunter Biden and the laptop story. This gets deep in the weeds, David. Yeah, I think, and this is the central problem, whether you're talking about allegations of Joe Biden's corruption or big tech and the FBI and and, and censoring stories that were potentially damaging to Democrats. The danger that Republicans have found themselves in is that they get way too deep in the weeds for the average person who maybe will pay attention for about 30 seconds. It's way too deep in the weeds to reach that person because you and I and most people listening, we know the story. Mm-hmm. We we understand what happened in 2020 where you did have the FBI uh, infiltrating major social media platforms in Facebook, order to Twitter, yes, right, in order to silence speech they didn't like. And see, it's pretty simple to explain that, but Jim Jordan, it it gets. It's very, very technical, throwing names out there. And it's like, yeah, I don't think it's very effective because people just sort of start to, I know this stuff and my eyes start to glaze over. All right, we'll go through this together. It won't be too long. Remember, the story breaks October 14, 2020, Sean. Early in the day, FBI meets with Twitter. Twitter asks the question, and the FBI says, yeah, the laptop's real. And then another agent quickly jumps in, a lawyer with the FBI, and says no further comment. Later in the day, they have another meeting scheduled that same day with Facebook. At that meeting, when they get asked the question, after they've had deliberations, the FBI, they get asked the question, same question from Facebook, and they say no comment. And Elvis Chan testified in the Missouri case. He testified and said that was the only interaction he had with Facebook. But now with the internal documents we've gotten from Facebook, shows a different story. The very next day, October 15th, Mr. Chan... It's like somebody's watching a Netflix special. There are four episodes in and they're explaining it to the other person in the room and I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, to your point. Mr. Chan has a conversation with a Facebook employee, an ex, an FBI, FBI agent, by the way. He has a conversation where he says, yeah, the laptop right. is real. Doesn't look like it's a foreign operation at all. All right. So, and we could keep going. Yeah. To your point. And we were talking about this before the show today. Then there's a guy like Joe Rogan. Common guy, right? He's explaining what's scary going on right now when you're talking about deep state stuff. And this was from the podcast, and 
I thought this was pretty well done, pretty easy to understand. When you look at the Russia collusion, when you look at the Steele dossier, when you look at all the bull they tried to throw at him that we now know is bull, not just bull, yeah. but coordinated bull. When, Going after Trump. When yeah. you look at the fact that they suppressed the Hunter Biden laptop story and that 51 intelligence agency representatives signed off on that to say that this was Russian disinformation, which we know they know is not true. That's scary because now you have the intelligence agencies colluding to keep a guy from being president that was president during a time where the country was thriving economically. Yeah, there you go. That okay, Jim Jordan, get that tattooed on your chest. Not yeah, just, no kidding. Not just BS, but coordinated BS. Okay. Yes. And the FBI wanted to keep Biden in office, so they colluded with Twitter and Facebook. Told him you can't run these stories. Don't do it. Be bad for you. Period. The end. There you go. Now, would voters actually care if they actually knew? There'd be a group that would. Yeah. I believe that. I mean, there's Democratic voters. They're gonna, they don't care. They don't yeah. care whether or not Joe Biden is corrupt or not. They don't care. They want the policies. So they'll keep voting that way. But there's a group of people that could go either way. They're the ones that need to know what's going on. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, what it... Whenever I hear Jim Jordan start to talk about this, I'm just waiting for him to end it with, and that's how they turned the frogs gay. You know, it just sounds... <laughs> right. I mean, it sounds very beautiful mind or something, you know? Well, right, because it starts out and you're, yeah. you're engaged. And as time goes on, you start to drift. And before long, it's Charlie Brown's parents, and you have no idea. <laughs> I just... You can't. Wah, 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 wah. Like, oh my God, I, I've lost it. I understand where you're coming from. Jim, come on, man. All right. I'll get to that Republican ad coming up in a few. I happen to see this story. Just want to mention it real quick and get a reaction. Um, And again, certainly not an important story. And I think some of us would be jealous that a person could have this much time to do these types of things. This is out of England. Dude buys a classic car from 1933. That's kind of cool. He got kind of obsessed with the history of the car. So he planned a road trip and then drove to visit all of the car's previous owners to talk to him about the car. That's cool and weird at the same time. One guy said it was his first car after getting his license in 1968. His mom is 97 and also got a visit from this guy. Wow. That is Dude, cool. If that just pops up on YouTube, I'm a sucker. Yeah. I would want to see it. Why are you looking at me like I have no, no, three no. heads, I, Scott? Oh, I, because I can remember some of the cars you had. I wonder if they're still owned by someone. That like I his, had? Like, yeah, like his old Stinky. In, does, old Stinky <laughs> was totaled by a deer. So that's all gone now. So old Stinky went gone. for parts. But, I mean, I've, I've traded several cars away. And yeah. I'm always curious as to if they ended up with somebody or not and what happened to them. Yeah, my Firebird formula. Yeah, where did it go? The red velour with the T-top, the black with yes. the T-tops? Yeah. Yeah, where is that? It's probably in some car show now. It's in some trailer park somewhere, eight states away, I'm guessing. Well, I, I, I just, I I'm, hope someone I'm, took I'm always care of it. curious about that stuff. It's like, did it give up finally? Did it, is it somewhere else? I don't know. What it's about your of, old Ranger, David? You love that Ranger. That Ranger oh, was great. My, my old Ford Ranger, yeah. Well, yeah. That, that was where the clutch hit the floor. Everything kind of fell apart in it, and I sold it for parts. Mm. Um, to a guy who was going to fix it up with his son and let him drive it on their uh, farm. 
So I, I sent my truck to a, a, a farm upstate, <laughs> so, which means it's definitely dead. That and a box of kittens. It's gone. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll get to this Republican ad. We'll see if the uh, messaging is on or not. I think they need our kind of help with that sort of thing. And we'll get to a news update next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Happen to see this headline. Senate Republicans release ad hitting Biden and Democrats over problems facing in the United States. Okay. I'm like, okay. Um, well, let's see if it's effective. You know, I think we've talked about this before. Republicans are not the greatest marketers in the world. Uh, no. Terrible with messaging. So just throw this out here because I know neither one of you guys have heard this. And we'll see if it, it hits or not. The country is headed in the wrong direction. Senate Republicans have solutions to get America back on track. We're ready to secure the border by restarting wall construction and ending the incentives that feed the crisis. We must. Okay, so you got, you know, all the video going on of people coming across the border and then trying to put the wall up. Did, did they have to pick someone who kind of sounds like Hillary Clinton? Not sure. That's weird. I thought the same thing. <laughs> I'm trying not to poison the yeah. jury here. <laughs> okay, right. Go exactly. ahead. We must protect our communities from the deadly flow of drugs and human trafficking. As Biden and Democrats bow to aggression from communist China, Senate Republicans are ready to strengthen America and hold China accountable. Yeah, Janet Yellen, you know, bowing. Okay, okay. We must control our supply chain, stop China from spying and stealing, and ban China from purchasing American farmland. Okay. And with Americans struggling to afford Biden's economy, Senate Republicans are committed to making life more affordable for every American. That means spending less, reducing the stranglehold of Washington bureaucrats, and unleashing American energy. Join Senate Republicans as we work to get America back on track. Okay. Letter grade, Scott first. Yeah, C. David? Well, it's nice of them to, you know, employ a high school sophomore to put together the audio. No, it's just not mixed very well. I'm just, yes. that's a, that's one thing. And it, it does, that stuff does matter. You know, it doesn't really jump out at you. It's sort of no, like, it doesn't. I found royalty free intense orchestral music and I'm going to sort of kind of put it under some lady who sounds like Hillary Clinton. I don't know. To me, I, and I, I don't know how much, uh, this translates into, um, into politics, but I'm always blown away when there's this, they try to do this laundry list of things that they say they're going to do instead <laughs> of focusing on like one thing. You know, I when agree. you're writing a commercial, I... it's sort of like, well, you you don't, you don't, it, let's say there's like Bob's tires or something like that. Well, you don't, you don't do an advertisement talking about literally everything that Bob's tires can do for you. You, you identify the problem and how they can solve it using one focused thing and in this case it's sort of just platitudes i don't know to me i don't i, I don't think it's very good okay and the, need, and the production like sucks i'm yeah. not a, i'm not a fan of it because again i get lost in all the bowing to china and, and we all do this and that it doesn't connect no. what connects here's what connects you know going to the grocery store going to the gas station children's education i 
I suppose, but if you have the same sort of production and those same lines, does that cut through no, either? No, it probably doesn't. You're right. And so you're right. then I thought, would it be easier, say, if, it, if you're going after the president, to just say, uh, people around America are figuring it out, and all of a sudden you cut to a clip of the Joe Rogan podcast, and it says something like, Joe Biden's been a goof his whole f- career. He's always been a goof. He's always been, he's been caught lying so many times. Yeah. He's so full of shit. There's so much evidence that he's corrupt. Just undeniable evidence of corruption. From a former Bernie bro. Yeah. He's figured it out. We're hoping you have to. Well, and then you run true to dash double to pressure and you know the thing. <laughs> yes. And, I mean, you run all of that to remind them that this guy is addled. You do it. You know, you for a that. reasonable fee, if the uh, if, if Senate Republicans want to license out our mumbling meadows bits they can absolutely fine. oh yeah much more effective than that very reasonable fee of ten thousand dollars per yes yes yeah there's part of that yeah van campbell performed the music that goes under it okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean you just you really do all you have to do is like show food lines going on across america yes. and then turn into dash right. to pressure yeah yeah and some of the other greatest hits that we play every day. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Cracking me up. All right. Biggest story today. If there's one. Biggest story today is we figured out exactly why there was no red wave. <laughs> it's because it, it is so true how depressing the right is when it comes to trying to reach Americans. I don't get it. And get a message. Yep. Yeah. Scott, we have been talking about this for 10 years. I know. I know. Wow. I'm seeing now 870,000 fentanyl pills in one day, Arizona officials seized. Dang. Gosh, it's dang. Good thing that all that relief money is uh, for the border crisis is going to New York. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, we got problems, man. There's no doubt about that. All right, we got to get to another news update. And then you got your big three, Scott. Yes, sir. The Scott Robbins trifecta on the way. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jeremy Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot going on today. Hadn't had a chance yet to get to this story. It was crazy. Okay, so every once in a while, I'll get different just music industry news. And I see this headline, and I couldn't even remember that this had happened. You ever heard of a band called Lost Profits? Yes. Yes. I have heard of them. Early 2000s, right? Yeah, I remember that. I remember I was still doing rock radio when they first came out. And I vaguely remember their singer getting in trouble for something. I could not remember the whole story. Well, the deal was in 2013, he was sentenced to like 35 years in jail. He's a pedophile. Oof. Just awful. Um, Kids under 13, it was attempted rape, all these images. It, it just disgusting. So why do I bring this up? Mm-hmm. The story is that he was stabbed in prison. Oh, that's a shame. And there's, like, details of how it went down. So this was U.K. reporting, talking about this guy, um, Ian Watkins. He's 46 now. Apparently he was taken hostage by three inmates. And this was on Saturday. And he was not freed until, like, six hours later. Apparently, and the source said, attacked by three pretty heavy-duty cons. 
They got hold of him on B-Wing and dragged him into a cell where they roughed him up and barricaded themselves in. He was screaming and obviously terrified in fear of his life. They put the whole wing on lockdown and then sent in riot teams. Other prisoners heard three loud flashbangs, which is when the officers got into the cell and threw grenades to stun the attackers to take them by surprise. It seems like the prison officers may have saved his life. He is very unpopular because of who he is Mm -hmm. and has been walking around with a huge target on his back. They always talk about these guys in prison. Yeah. Like sooner or later. Yeah. Well, it's true because there are a lot of Papa Roach fans in prison. So. I don't think it was because they hated the band. No, I know. I understand. (laughs) It says they got him on Saturday, um, which, by the way, is generally quieter with less staff. And it seems to have been planned. That's family day. (laughs) Wow. Um, But, man, I couldn't help it because as I'm reading that story, and sometimes this happens, whether it's a scene from a movie it's some sort of song some sort of clip something can play in your head and all i could think of was tell him that god's gonna cut him down tell him that god's gonna cut him down it's gonna come around sooner or later man it's not the lost prophets version either no (laughs) no it's not yeah it's either it's either god that's gonna cut him down or uh, a guy named big mike you know, it's somebody. one or the other, all right? Can you imagine that being in the band and that's the singer, and then you find that out? Because mm-hmm. they, they're they like, we're done. Well, well yeah. You, we're done. you got to be done. They did stay together and then reformed under a different name. Yeah, you have to. You can't but, be the diddler band. It, oh, of course not. But at the same time, do you have any chance at all going on? I it's tough because you know it's one of those things where it's it's sure it's it's possible and I have no reason to believe that any of them knew what he was doing behind the scenes right but you're right. always going to have that thought in the back of your head like did you really not know what that guy right. and that may be completely no unfair it is unfair but you understand it yeah isn't it sort of like the next athlete that says I never took performance enhancing drugs right do you believe him no. No matter who it is? Well, why? Depends. I mean, if the guy's, you know, a yeah. buck 40 and five foot eight, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a decent point. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I thought that was kind of a crazy story. All right, Robbins, are you ready for your let's big roll, three? Let's roll, let's roll, let's Okay, roll, I think Casey's roll. in. Let's do it. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day about this time, Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day. Always helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Good. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Three. Number three, Democrats want to raise the price of an AR-15. Yeah, there are times when you can tell the Democrats have simply run out of new ideas, and they have another one here. 25 House Democrats have reintroduced a bill that it would impose a 1,000% excise tax tax on semi-automatic assault weapons and high-capacity magazines, raising the retail price of an AR-15 to (laughs) $20,000. Now, of course, the hope here is it'll be cost-effective and nobody will buy them anymore, therefore not specifically a 
banning them outright, but making it impossible to own. Well, and there, there's precedent for that, too, because that's what the NFA was anyway. I mean, if you want to buy a suppressor <clears throat> or certain types of firearms or now, or you know, what the Biden administration was pushing for is a pistol brace, um, you have to pay a what's called a stamp tax for it. That's it's two hundred dollars, and when it when that was passed in the nineteen thirties, that two hundred dollar tax was the equivalent in today's dollars of about forty five hundred dollars. Yeah, so there's precedent for that. I don't know how much of an appetite there is for it, though. Yeah, I mean, is this really a time when you want to take one of the most popular sports rifles and yeah. tax it like that? All I can think is the old Chris Rock idea of every bullet's a thousand bucks. Yeah, right. And then some yeah. people be like, "Do I really want to waste a thousand on that person?" No. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're getting closer and closer to number one. Let's go, Robbins. Right, back to top three of the day, up to number two. Number two, Anheuser Busch's collapse continues. Man, how about this one? The downfall is a brutal lesson, especially when it comes to being a brand that uh, claimed to represent, you know, the heart of America, the blue-collar guys, the guys playing, you know, sports and getting together with their buddies and booze and whatever. Yeah. Now AB is being forced to sell off a few of its brands to stay afloat. Whoa, I hadn't heard that one. Yeah, these include Shock Top, Breckenridge Brewery, mm. Blue Point Brewing, Ten Barrel Brewing Company, Red Hook Brewery, Widmer Brothers Brewing, Square Mile Cider Company, and Highball Energy. All these are craft beers. So they're cutting a big solid chunk off the craft beer portfolio. One of the companies buying these is a Canadian brand called Tillery Brands. So they post a little small video out on X saying, hey, we welcome this. They're a cannabis company as well. Okay. So now they're dipping their toes into the high-end beer market or the higher-end beer market. And uh, so there you go. One guy, one person, one commercial, handful of times is all it took. That's it. That's it. Yeah, and what AB tried to say was it wasn't even a commercial. It was just one little promotion. But you no wanted, big deal. You wanted, to, you wanted it to go viral, and oh, it yep. did. Yeah. Unfortunately, results of that were not what you... You know, I feel bad for the local guys, though. I really do. Because they had nothing to do with time. any of this, you know? Yes. Gosh, dang. But, I mean, that whole thing, and I've heard people talk about it in this way, of you're losing market share already. Yeah. Yeah. Because of different trends. And so if you want to maintain, you have to find a new audience, right? And that's what they were trying to do. But how clueless. Yeah. Just... I mean, dude, you remember, and this was before the backlash, when we first heard heard the story we all thought it was a goof that it wasn't true that oh, it wasn't yeah. real because there's no way because Bud it's Light so idiotic that. it's well, so yes. stupid it's got to be uh, you know and it fake. and it was rolling out on april 1st yeah oh, oh yeah, that's right. when it started right. breaking so i thought yeah. okay yeah that this is an april fool's day thing this isn't real and then it was real and well people got ticked off about it you know in hindsight they should have gone second, i thought it yeah. was a goof mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, I thought they weren't coming. I, I thought I, at first you think it is an April Fool's thing. And the AB would have been better to say when, when everything started to collapse, like, hey, we were just goofing. Yeah, it's too late. Rather than keep digging. Yeah. Say it again. I don't want to. <laughs> the Scott Robbins drive back right. to top three of the day up to number one. Uh, number one, Donald Trump is going to be indicted again for something you don't even know about. Well, see, this is funny because, and I'll, I wanted to end on a lighter note because but I laughed my head off when I saw this. This comes to us from our friends at the Babylon Bee today.
The headline, former President Trump is facing yet another indictment, this time for mocking U.S. women's soccer after their embarrassing loss to Sweden <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> the sanctity of U.S. women's soccer is never to be made fun of, special counsel Jack Smith said after reading the charges. Every one of these highly attractive and beautiful women in both stunning and brave. We believe Trump violated the Constitution somehow by making fun of them on Truth Social. And we will prove it as soon as we can figure out what law he broke. <laughs> <laughs> I had to end on that one because that's, that was great. And there you have it. The Scott Robinson. I love the Babylon Bee. Bee is awesome. Yeah, they are awesome. Uh, apparently... An FBI agent has been caught lying under oath about Hunter's laptop. Yes. Mm. Need to get to that. Also, um, and I know you love this, David, whenever Republicans, quote, pounce, they pounce on something. Oh, yeah, always. Seize, pounce, whatever. Yes. They're pouncing right now over Joe Biden's brand. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden's brand? Yes. The whole brand. That he's just common man, just hardworking Joe, blue collar Joe. <laughs> yeah, right. Lunch pail to work every day. I know. Just a grinder like the average American. Yeah, we'll get to that straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. So NBC does this piece about Joe Biden. Uh, saying Republicans are really pouncing on the brand round uh -huh. right now. Um, you know what? If you don't mind, I'm going to read maybe a paragraph or a paragraph and a half just to get your reaction. Okay. I wish this was video right now because if you can stop from rolling your eyes, David, it would be a miracle. All right. President Joe Biden's brand as a family-oriented public servant has been a signature political asset for more than 50 years. It's helped no, him it win the argument that... When judged against, quote, the alternative rather than, quote, the almighty, he stacks up pretty well. Uh -huh. He's never lost a general election opponent or to a general election opponent in a political career that's taken him from Delaware's Newcastle County Council to the Oval Office. But the burnish on Biden's brand is being tested like never before ahead of a close 2024 election. Some of the president's Democratic allies are worried about potential fallout from a confluence of family drama that spilled into public view and from Republican attacks that cut at the bedrock of Biden's longtime political appeal. So, so wait, because people are finding out that Joe Biden has lied about who he is for decades? How sh That's Republicans' yes. fault? Yes. Ah. No one needs to know who the wizard is. I, I, <laughs> still, I still maintain, you know, that that image is kind of, I don't know, it's revisionist history because especially, like, you look in the 80s when he's running for president the first time around, and he was always kind of known as kind of an idiot who lied all the time, but he played the game in a nastier way than anybody else. This, I mean, this whole thing, dude, <laughs> the plagiarism. Did NBC just forget all of that? That right. was a huge scandal at the time. People thought his career was done. That was a big deal. Anyway, this piece goes on. It's the same sort of thing that, you know, you would imagine that it is. Um, one particular little piece um, that I thought was interesting. 
Republicans and news organizations have not found evidence that Biden received money from any of Hunter Biden's business relationships. So why was he then involved in the business relationships? That the investigation is playing out. There are receipts. Yeah. There's LLCs, companies that don't exist, payouts to Biden family members. NBC knows this. Bah. Don't want to do any reporting on that. Just really interesting. And then the other story that's out there about the FBI agent that's been caught lying under oath about Hunter's laptop. I'm guessing legacy media is probably not going to pay attention to that either. So that's also out there. Any other updates you have before Nimrods? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Joe Biden apparently is sitting down and doing it. I'm not joking about this. Okay. He's sitting down with the Weather Channel for an interview. Oh, my goodness. This could be gold. So, yeah, I, I hey, guess. Climate crisis. I, yeah, I think it's going to be taped because they said the interview is going to oh. be starting at 6 a.m. So I, I don't know if we'll get great gaffes or not. We'll see. But, yeah, let me let me pull this up here. What was it called? They The, the title of it is hilarious to me. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, it's the Race to Save the Planet. Joe Biden, the climate interview on the Weather Channel. And why that's particularly funny is because last week the Democrat spin after Hunter Biden's business partner testified in the House, yes. the spin was, well, yeah, Joe Biden talked with some of Joe Bi- or some of Hunter's business associates, but they just talked about the weather. So if there's one thing Joe Biden knows how to do, he's going to get on there. The, the, the so, Ministry of COVID's daughter of Ireland, uh, daughter of Ireland, you can tell us a 40 stuff I'm thinking of home. So, <laughs> yes. So, well, how's the weather in Ireland? He's going to he's going to start out the interview. So we're going to talk about the weather, right, sir? That's right. Where's my five million dollars? Oh, not that kind of weather. There's a meme going around that said uh, it was a like there are three panels. The first one is Joe. The second one is Hunter. And the third one is Joe again. And it's like they're talking on the phone. And Joe says, hey, Hunter, it's your dad. I'd like to talk about the weather. And Hunter says, why do you want to talk? You want to talk about the weather? Yeah. Whether or not I'm getting my mother bleeping money. (laughs) (laughs) When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dean. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. Go to Indiana. Middletown. 32-year-old dude facing charges. This dude. Four-day meth bender. Oh, my. After that, I got a little paranoid, mm. apparently. Um, Shay Erlanderson, his name. Um, didn't sleep at all in these four days. Was hallucinating. And thought there was a tiny man hanging out in his car. So he tried to scare the tiny man away by setting his own car on fire. <laughs> well, did it work? Did the tiny man come running out? Uh, well... Yes, the tiny man was gone. Uh, he also caused $60,000 in damage total. He's in a lot of trouble, Gosh, and that's dang. Nimrod's in the news.